Welcome to the Windy City Benders Podcast with your hosts, Noe, Poetsy, Jerem, and Tanner. Woo! And Maple. And Maple. What's going on, fellas? Welcome to episode 62 of the Windy City Bender Podcast. Uh, the Luke Johnson. Because, of course, uh, <laughs> full squad today. I uh, got Poets, uh, along with uh, Noli, who just got back from golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tanner, how you doing? Hey, I'm back. And, and Jerem. What's up? Howdy, howdy, howdy. Noli, how was your uh, golf hunting? Not great, huh? Well, it took four hours, so. <laughs> Let you decide. Good. Good. Tanner, how's the dogs game? Oh, it was uh, it lasted two and a half innings. What did it get rained out? No, it got fogged out. <laughs> oh my god, no, not it got fogged out. My, my we golf? were sitting, we we were sitting first row behind the dogs bench, and I couldn't see the outfielders. <laughs> so the umpire oh was like, "Yo, we gotta fucking call this shit right now." It's just like, well, at least I got five hot dogs for five dollars, so that was. <laughs> And you got to see Big Z. Yeah. And then, I mean, every time I had a hot, had a hot dog and they got a base hit, I just kind of waved it in the air. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on your side, boys, but I was in Gary, Indiana at the fucking Railcats Stadium. <laughs> That's hysterical. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait. Well, so you didn't even see them in Rosemont? No, I was in Indiana Jets game. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Well, the... The Benders boys outside of Tanner uh, ended up going to Rosemont on Saturday last weekend to go and see Game Five uh, with the Wolves and the Charlotte Checkers. Had a great time. Um, ended up getting uh, much more beer than was anticipated, thanks to the woman behind the counter who <laughs> didn't know the difference between twelve ounces and sixteen ounces. Twenty two ounces. Twenty two ounces. Sorry. 12 ounces and 22 ounces. The deal was um, you get uh, 12-ounce beers for $4. Four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She ended up giving us 22-ounce beers for $4. So we went up the first time thinking, okay, we're going to get two 12 ounces to take back so we don't have to take multiple trips. We walked out of there with two 22 ounces for $8. Oh, 22 ounces or $10 total. Ooh, you, get two for eight. you got four. She did it for every single one of us. She had no clue. That's Not amazing. It and, was uh, hilarious. Heart. <laughs> yeah, it spent, was fantastic. I spent like thirty-five dollars uh, the whole night, and had five beers, a hot dog, and popcorn. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. It was a great time. It was a real great time. Um. But uh, the Wolves did end up losing to the Checkers, unfortunately. Um, I believe the final was 5-3. to three. There was like yeah. four goals in the last minute. Um, but pretty much the Checkers uh, dominated the entire game. Cowbell. Oh, fuck. Oh, oh. God damn it. I knew I forgot something. They gave away these cowbells uh, with... The Wolves logo on the front and Kane's chicken 
on the back advertising it, which probably not the best advertiser to have, as uh, seeing that Charlotte is the Canes affiliate. They're just representable clubs, that's all. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was a little strange. Kind of funny too. A lot uh, of uh, a lot of checker fans. A lot of checker fans. Um Jersey Watch was a must uh at the game. There was one guy walking around with uh, a vintage, vintage Team Busolani jersey. Noli pointed that one out. That was a good one. Yeah. Um guys went all out with the uh the Hanton brothers. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good one. Yeah, that was cool too. So, um, but uh, but yeah, I think they ended up losing the game uh, five to three. Actually, it came out that uh, one of the Wolves players, uh, Stefan Mateau Jr., um, ended up playing through game four. I think. Yeah. Uh, with a uh, with a ruptured spleen, I believe. That sounds right. Ended up, that too. Ended up finishing the game and everything. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, he just flipped the camera around on his dog, Maple, and she is absolutely zonked out on his bed right now. She just sneezed on me. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Um, yeah, no, he ended up rupturing whatever it was. Yeah. Hey, do incredible. Call, right? Yeah. So... Even though the Wolves jumped out to a one nothing series lead. What? Fuck! Give it another try. Shut up, Google. Oh, Tanner. This is going well. Jesus. Say anything like that again? What it was? Um. So yeah, even though the Wolves ended up jumping out to a one nothing series lead, they ended up losing the the last four. Um. And uh, Charlotte won the series in five. So um, it was really weird, even though it was the AHL and I really could. I mean, obviously I was cheering for the Wolves, but, you know, I wasn't like upset or anything that Charlotte had won. Uh, but still, I don't know, just gets the gets the emotions right when we see all the boys just kind of jumping around and self and everything like that. Yeah, it was cool seeing a trophy get presented, you know. Never going to afford to be able to go see the Hawks or, you know, a Stanley Cup one in general. Yeah. So. We can't all be dice. <laughs> True. Yeah. So. Uh, but it was a great time. Uh, had a lot of fun. Uh, thanks, Rossi. Thanks, Ross. Rossi boy. Rossi. Rossi boy. Um, had to work. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> Let's transition to the Stanley Cup final game seven. Uh, because, wow, was that kind of a massive letdown? I mean, yes and no. Yeah. My, my favorite part is that it's over. Uh, yes. Yeah. The worst part that it was two teams that we fucking hate. <laughs> yeah. Um, Somebody at one of my mom's friends asked me, she was like, um, you know, I, I really hate the Bruins, but it's really hard to come on, Maple. It's really hard to um, cheer for the Blues. <laughs> Wait, hey, hey, take it easy. Um, sorry. She said she didn't want to root for the Bruins, but it was hard to root for the Blues. And she's like, what do you, 
like, who are you rooting for? And I said, well, the Bruins lost, and I was very happy about it. And then I seen the Blues start lifting the cup. I got instantly very upset, <laughs> and there was 100% no chance of a happy ending this season. And I am the best part of it is that it's over. Mm-hmm. We got to beat Bill the draft and trades start happening and that's the best news I've heard in about a month. At what point did you guys think that it was officially game over? Was it was Dude. it the second goal uh, with eight seconds left to go on the first? Because I, I think that I don't know if that was officially game over, but that certainly left a bad taste in Boston's mouth and they couldn't recover. Uh, I think the third goal was just game because yeah. that was like right after the, the Nordstrom save mm-hmm. and like Bennington was just not letting a fucking thing through. And he also looked like he had no issue making every save already. It wasn't like he was struggling or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then their best chance. Was, I got this. No big deal. Tanner, how did you feel Tuka Rask played? Because I felt like even though he gave up four goals on 20 20. shots. Um, I felt like he actually didn't play all that terrible. He didn't. Like, he played fantastic the entire playoffs. He he completely outplayed Bennington every every game. It's just, like, they got lucky. I don't know. It's it's hard to say, like, I guess it's hard for me to say that he played outplayed him every game because they ended up winning, but... Like he looked like the better goalie for a majority of the series. If you take every game and put it as a whole complete like play, like Tuka Rask outplayed him that entire time. But since it's broken up into games, like Bennington had like times where he was he like did well. And but I don't know. Like Tuka Rask was just fucking insane the entire playoffs. Yeah. Um, like he his stats even proved it. He was like He's, he had like one of the best like stats for a goalie since like Tim Thomas, and that was in 2011. Mm-hmm. And then Bennington also had some of the like worst fucking stats for a goalie, and, like. But like he always like big after like losses, which kind of like almost balanced it out. Yeah, where like Tuca was always consistent, and then it's just like sometimes they would lose because he had no goal scoring for his team. Like they right. lost, they fucking for a goal. Yeah. So that goes back to me saying I was, that the defense actually isn't very good. The what? I think the Bruins defense is not very good. No. I mean – And I think that kind of showed because the Blues defense did a great great job shutting down lines. And um, the Bruins D – I mean, the Blues played the best Bruins hockey that they could ever play. Yeah. It looked like the Bruins when the Bruins are on. They also they block like twenty-one shots. They they take advantage of miscues and turnovers and any little chance that they get to score a goal, they take advantage of that. And that was shown in Game Seven. I mean, they had what two goals on four shots in the first period or something like that. Yeah. Like that's that's huge. And that second goal, fucking Marshan misses his hit and then just goes straight to the bench when it's a three-on-two going into the zone, and then the guy that he should have, Petrangelo, ends up scoring the the goal there and ends up being the game winner. So, I mean, I okay. could say that that was the downfall from there because, I mean, 
you got Marshan in his own head after that, thinking to himself, man, I should have fucking just stayed in the play when there's 13 seconds left in the fucking period. Just stay on the ice, no matter how tired you are, in the zone. Um, so, I mean, that just kind of ruins your top line, which also that perfection line isn't perfect because what the fuck did they do in the whole final? I don't know. I wanted to talk about that second goal, too, because um, Brad Marshawn, the entire time, just had a complete brain fart. He was covering for the point, I think it was Greslick, uh, that had pinched in down low. He was covering for the point. As soon as it came out of the corner was when Marshawn thought it was going to be a good time for him to go for a line change. For some reason, that was when he thought that was a good time. Not when it was pinned up along the boards, but when it popped out of the play. Then he realized that the rush was coming in. He stopped and he turned around. If he didn't continue to move backwards... He came to a complete stop and tried to check um, Shen. Why are you at a complete stop? You are at a total disadvantage. Then he whips on his check and thinks, you know what? That's it. I'm going to go ahead and go off for a line change. And Alex Petrangelo, who, if you if you watch the replay, was actually kind of gliding into the zone, realized that there's about 45 feet for him to take goes in, has a wide-open middle, and takes it. So, I mean, the entire time, Marshawn made three mistakes that were just beyond stupid. I couldn't believe that he was making them. Like, I understand, like, he was probably gassed at the end of a shift, but also at the same time, there's just there's a, an element of common sense that was just totally missing there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to also say, I mean, Petrangelo also played a fucking hell of a game, too. Yeah, he did. And, like, he took full advantage of that. And, like, he had just gotten the assist, didn't he, on the fucking goal, like, right before that. And Yeah, he moved it over to Bo Meester. Yeah, and then, I mean, that's also, like, I can see how you can say, like, that goal is such a dagger, too, because any goal in the last minute of a period is killer, especially in the last 10 seconds of a period. Yeah. Fuck. Like, that's just that's putting your that's gonna make you put your head down on the way to the locker room, especially the last time, a couple sanded out in Boston. Was it um, um, to another Central Division team? Yeah, that one. Yep. Yeah. So eight in a period. Yep. <laughs> I was bored at work today, uh, and I was watching the highlights of the game again, um, and I was watching Zach Sanford's goal. And I watched it, and it is literally almost a carbon copy for when Bickle scored in game six. Mm. It, the puck was pinned up along the wall on the near side, and I can't remember who the Blues player was, but he came out of the corner with it. It was uh, Dave Perron. It was a Perron. Yeah. And then he went to go cut towards the middle. Tuka Rask went down early, and Perron threw it directly across the crease for wide a tap-in. Wide-open yeah, tap-in. Wasn't it, was, it Char in front of the net, too? I, I'm almost positive that it was. It was almost. Yeah, I put them, <laughs> I put them side by side, and they were literally like in sync. It was crazy. Like I said, dude, their defense isn't that good. Yeah, he was he was pinching over to get after Perron, even though he was coming out of the corner, and he left him wide open in front, and it was just an easy, easy tap. That should get through the crease like that, though. No. Nah. Uh, no way. I mean. Chara isn't good anymore. Everybody knows that. He is not good anymore. 
Grizzlick was supposed to be this huge factor coming back after being hurt. I mean, he's probably still hurt in game seven, but he didn't really do much out there. He did have a goal. Um, but I mean, it was, it came late. It was relevant. Um, McAvoy, he's a low key scumbag. I don't think he's even that great. Krug is probably their best defensive right now. And, I don't know. I feel like he skips shifts here and there too. So I mean, he's not even like a he's very hit and miss. Yeah. So I mean, I their defense really isn't as good as everybody says it is. And yeah, yeah who else do they have? Unreal. Fucking Jay Bowie was a healthy scratch for the first time in his career this year after playing 1180 1180 something games. And uh, or something. Well, no. By the end of the year, he's he was at over twelve hundred. But at the time of his scratch, no. Maybe that was it. But um, yeah. still, I mean, he gets his first healthy scratch this year. He plays 28 minutes in game in game seven. Like, that's huge. Especially when he's a part of that shutdown line with Pareko. Yeah. And, like, I mean, they did a great fucking job because you can tell where, Berger, where was Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marshawn. Like, yeah. Pasternak was a, a ghost in this series, I feel like. And on so many shots in that yeah. game. Yeah. And- Another thing, they tried to be so fancy all the time. There were so many like good quality chances to the puck, and they would just try to pass it back door for no reason. Yeah, it's like one of their things is like they always throw things at the net because they know that their players are there, but they give up some chances sometimes to like maybe even shoot rebound because they're just trying to like do that one last like pass through the defenseman to like get like a wide open net. It works. It worked for him fantastically throughout the rest of the playoffs, but it just didn't happen in that game yesterday. Yeah. That's the story of, like, hockey, though. You yeah. are all over somebody for 20 minutes, and you're down because you gave up two small opportunities, and they took advantage of it, but you couldn't put the buck in the back of the net. I mean, and also their best aspect of their game, probably the whole playoffs, was, like, their power play, and there was – no penalties, like the entire fucking game, basically. Yeah, I think oh, the only one that was okay. was Pareko. Yeah, shoot the puck out of play. Um, and not only that, going... PK. I know they didn't get a power play, the Blues, but the Bruins PK was unbelievable too. Like they were at like ninety eight percent in Game Six, like in the last thirteen games going into Game Six or something like that. Yeah, um, real. Holy shit! Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, going back really quick to the Zach Sanford goal, what a crazy bookend moment that is for the St. Louis Blues. Um, going back to January, Robert Bertuzzo and Zach Sanford dropped the gloves and beat the shit out of each other in practice because they're both just so frustrated. The Blues are the last team in the NHL. And then fast forward to five months later, Zach Sanford is the one that scores the final goal of the year. Jesus. Like, how insane is that? What what are you like I hate I hate the St. Louis Blues for obvious reasons, but that's an incredible story. Yeah. Yeah, I mean tops off every story that they have. Yeah. Um so thinking about that moment. Can we just talk about how Mike Yeo should never have a job in the NHL ever again? <laughs> because he so, literally said that they should fire me. They fired him, and they won the Stanley Cup without him. Like, yeah, I am not hiring that man. I would, I would hire Bruce Boudreaux over that man right now. Well, no, you hire him. 
so that you can fire him and then win a Stanley Cup, <laughs> except sure. for it doesn't work out for the Minnesota Wild that way. Yeah. Well, because you hired Bruce Boudreaux. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's where it came in. Um, I just also want to point out that when I was talking about the Bru- or the Bruins' power play, their power play was at 32.4% for the entire playoffs. Yeah, that is insane. It's ridiculous. But, yeah. No, that is crazy. Oh. That is crazy. Um, I'm almost positive that Mike Yo won a Stanley Cup with – the Penguins. Uh, I think he was an assistant coach. Was that a head coach? Doesn't count. No, no, no. I know. Uh, yeah. So he was an assistant coach on the bench with with the Penguins in 09 when they won a Stanley Cup. So maybe he's a better assistant than he is a head coach. Uh, but I mean, still, yeah, I mean, yeah. he. Uh, that's a couple rough, uh, rough coaching outings for him uh, in a row. Well, who was the? Well, didn't the Penguins when they won in sixteen? Didn't they fire their coach halfway through? Yeah, and then and, and then Sullivan took over, and then they uh-huh. won two cups in a row. And in 09, Bilesma came in halfway through the year because they fired their coach and they won. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really weird when that ha- that's happened. It's funny that like we fired Quinville, but nope, we didn't have him for half the year. That's why. Yeah, yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah. So next year, next year's a hockey year. No, totally. let's get rid of Carlton. I like what he's doing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like they fired Q, so like Carlton's first full year, it's just gonna be. Ah, uh, that's what I mean. Makes sense. That makes sense. If so, facto. Uh, so, if so, facto. <laughs> how, how do we feel now that it's it's all over? It was it was admittedly a, a great, but you know. Uh, with us being from Chicago, kind of a sigh of relief. I mean, the playoffs went exactly as I thought they were going to go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, no. was, it, it was exciting. It was exciting playoffs, and like, like we when we pre- like previewed the finals, like those teams were the exact same on paper, basically, and we got seven games, which was fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Like, Which I got right, was by the way. the longest playoffs I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I know. Like, it uh-huh. feels like it's been going on forever. Which I is know. crazy because there are so many sweeps, too. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Darren, what were you saying? I said I called the two, like, that's the one, like, good prediction I had all, all postseason is I called St. Louis in seven. So that's one thing I'm patting myself on the back for. The only know. thing. Well, also, I talked you into picking the Blues because you had the Bruins at first. So. I know. So, but still, you know, you, you took six games. I took seven. So, yeah, because I got confident in my pick. You're just <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. I'll go with Noli. Well, it made fucking sense when you, you said it, but the confident yeah, in your you Blues. Also took a lease with me. So, how'd that one work out? Yeah, that's true. Um, Wait, I chose the Bruins in that series. <laughs> 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 um, Ryan O'Reilly ended up walking away with the uh, with the Con Smythe. Uh, Con Smythe. <coughs> I felt that that was uh, well deserved for oh, sure. Yeah. He had a kind of a tough uh, a tough postseason. I forgot where I saw it, but uh, he only had five goals in thirty in his last thirty something games leading up to Game Three of the Stanley Cup Final, and then from there on out, 
he scored in four straight games. Yeah. yeah. It was the first uh, player to do that since uh, Wayne Gretzky in 85. So, and not only that, but he, the last six games of the series, he had a six game point streak, which is um, only one other person had ever done that. Hey, what's up? Um, Mario Lemieux. So, <laughs> how do you do? Mario. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, Two of the greatest hockey players of all time. Yeah, try of all time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, and talk about another great story. Like he comes from he comes from Buffalo, and he literally says, "I know we've talked about it, but he literally says he lost his passion for hockey. He's literally the best player on the team, even when the Blues are blowing dick, like they are playing terribly, and he is the best player on the team still. He's working his ass off." And Buffalo goes on a 10-game win streak. Like, that does not feel good for him, I'm sure. Oh, and right. And then turns comes around and the team starts tearing it up. And, I mean, he, he was clutch for them throughout the whole playoffs. He's definitely their best player. Well-deserved for sure. He's – fuck it, man. He showed how fucking good he was, too. Like <laughs> Not only that, the guy's fucking – on the plane, heading to St. Louis to go party, drinking Guinness instead of Bud Light. <laughs> that is a fucking man right That's now. hilarious. Wide open. As hard as he can. Getting going at it. That's a good pick. Also a true gentleman see- apologizing for dropping the I'm F-bomb on national TV. Great. Beer. Oh, yeah. He's very polite. Great Just unreal. Huge yeah. O'Reilly. Yeah, I'm a big O'Reilly fan. Yeah. Um, I mean, have you seen that? Like, uh, there's like an Instagram video of him doing like stick handling, like ch- like uh, skills on the ice, where he's just stick handling over and then chopping it up to the top of the net, and it's so fast. And I was just like, Jesus. Well, they I've known Ryan O'Reilly's good. But I was like, when you actually get to see him on the national yeah. stage for like a seven game series and like during the playoffs, you're like, fuck, he's good. Like, so yeah. good. <laughs> they the NHL took that video of him practicing that and then showed his goal in game five and it was exactly that like he chipped it right over Tuka's shoulder like yep. I was like oh my god when you actually practice things it actually works in a game how how I like it who would have thought I've done this a thousand times yeah boom backhand yeah. top shelf done that <laughs> in his, in front of me. I'll go right under it that and his stupid toe on his stick too yeah yeah that tip that he had for the first goal of the game oh game yeah. seven was unbelievable that looked like there was so little effort was put into that, but it was perfectly placed. He did all of that on purpose. I don't being a goalie, I don't know how players do that. That there's so much skill there. Yeah. It's oh, great. Man. He that's what separates the NHL players from us. That's only that's the only thing though. <laughs> the only hey, thing. No, I can do that. Have a tip. The, for me it's like the skating and the stick handling and like the shooting and like the endurance and like the skill, but like I can tip. <laughs> That's like the one thing that. What the hell was that? Honestly, you take a video of me stick handling and a video of Ryan O'Reilly stick handling, and it's like identical. But you take a video of me tipping the puck and him tipping the puck. That's where that's where you can notice the difference. I'm so much better. Hundred <laughs> percent. So you guys 100%. were talking about how good Tuca was. Would you guys have been upset or surprised if he won the Conn Smythe despite losing? No, um, I would not have been upset about that. He played unreal, and like I wouldn't have been upset. I would have been shocked. You see his stats in like elimination games that entire like playoffs. Yeah. 
he had like a 980 save percentage and like a point eight goals against average. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah, like, the only thing better than that was uh, Bennington's record after losses. What was he, 15 and 2? Huh. You know, the, my post on Instagram? I mean, he could have been 16 and 2. No, so. Where they won. <laughs> Bennington's so Bennington games following a lost. He was seven and two with only seventeen goals against with a one point eight three goals against average, uh nine three one save percentage, zero shutouts. Tuka Rask in elimination games was five and oh, um four goals against, a point eight oh goals against average, point nine seven three save percentage, and two shutouts. Tanner stat guy, holy shit, bud. Which is really funny because I remember that from his post. <laughs> That's where I, I remembered that. I was like, where did I see this? And then he pulled that up. I go, oh, that was that was the post. <laughs> I, what I was like, so I rem- I mean, he posted it, but I remembered that shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, teamwork. So, uh, Noli and I, uh, nope, other way, yeah. other way. Uh, it worked on mine. You guys are in the top and bottom corner. It's not working. Yeah, it didn't work on mine. <laughs> it was imperfect on mine. Yeah. yeah. Moving on. Noli and I uh, met uh, met Vito, Dom, and Sarge at a bar in Oakland uh, to watch uh, to watch Game Seven, and uh, I took a video of uh, Petrangelo lifting the cup. And as he was doing that, I was taking a Snapchat uh, for. Uh, Noli's sister, Kara. She's a huge Boston fan. So Why? Uh, I just kind of had that in the background. And she responded back to me this morning. And she goes, I hope that both of you have sons. Handsome, beautiful, articulate sons who are talented and star athletes. And they have their legs taken away. I mean, I pray you know that pain and that hurt. And I was dying. I did not need that at 630 in the morning, Kara. <laughs> Hilarious. Busting out the Ricky Bobby. Very nice. Uh-huh. Um, also, first year they do the fireworks around when they hand out the cup. Uh, those pictures are unbelievable. So oh cool. Oh, my God. Shit straight into my veins. The pictures what? look cool, but it looks so awkward like in real time. Oh, one of the fireworks work. didn't work. Yeah. I noticed oh. that. And then I, 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 that's what I thought, too, was like, I was like, "Whoa, I've never seen this before." And I was like, "Okay, that looks weird." And then that picture on Instagram, I was like, oh, "My fucking god, Petriangelo, fuck me, please." <laughs> we like, talk about Jesus. <laughs> the best picture that was taken of the entire night, though, and that was Brad Marchand on one knee watching the St. Louis Blues celebrate and crying. Yeah, fuck that dude. Phenomenal. If I could have one video constantly playing, like as artwork. Mm-hmm. That's what I would want. That's what I want. Hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. Um, I mean, I can think of a few other things I'd want. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're all Blackhawks related, so. Um. Yeah, it's like. It's like you can't feel bad for him. The guy's no nope. prick. Like, good for you, dude. You deserve it. Like, congrats, mm-hmm. man. Soak it all up. Soak up all the crying. Soak up all the fucking. Like you know, he thinks it's his fault that they lost that game too. After that game, good. After the game-winning goal was his fault. Like, good. Yep. Well, I, I miss it you guys too. Good for him, dude. Fuck him. I don't <laughs> care. You went. And you got. Oh, you got 110 points or whatever it was on the season, and then you go and grab your own puck. Fuck you. 
he hit a hundred, yeah, hundred points. Like he finally hits a hundred points, and you're like so worried about getting the puck. You go and get it yourself. You deserve to cry. I fucking I I sent that text to you guys. I was like, there's like three minutes left. Like, what are the chances Marshawn does something fucking stupid? <laughs> I don't think did he even hit the ice for the final. That was game? and he did. He did. Wait, I was just like c- completely expecting a total fucking oh, yeah. move on somebody. Oh yeah. And, and I was actually more surprised it didn't happen. And you saying yeah. it, you texting that was the first time I was like, oh shit, is he like even doing anything out there this game? Because after that first period, I don't think I heard his name called once. True. Yeah. So that kind of puts a bow on uh, on the eighteen uh, nineteen season. The Blues come away with the uh, with the Stanley Cup first in their franchise history. So uh, they're still four and. Uh, Four and fifteen uh, in the Cup final in their uh, in their history. So, snack on that. Single. So, um, uh, real quick, real quick, who who is the longest drought amongst NHL teams now? It's the Sabers and the Vancouver Canucks. No, in general, what? I know you're talking oh, about no cups in it's general. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, it's the Maple Leafs. But Noli, when's it happen? So this is what I wanted to bring up. Was last year the Capitals got their first cup. This year, the Blues got their first cup. So now the team that has played the longest without having a cup is the Sabres and the Canucks, who have gone 48 seasons without a cup win. But, I mean, if we're if we're getting everybody their first cup, who's going to get their fucking first one? Hey, what if it's Vancouver-Buffalo in the final next year? Ooh. Uh, I, don't, I don't see that happening next year, but maybe in like a couple of years it could happen. Yeah. Well, Buster Eichel going on? Uh, I'm Patterson? thinking Patterson yeah. <laughs> is the is the main event. <laughs> no, Patterson uh, Skinner. Ooh. Oh, two wheels. A little oh, yeah. Rasmus Dahlin and Quinn. Say Dahlin. Yeah. Oh, little Willie or no Alexander Nylander and uh, Bo Horvat. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe some other young guys. Um, speaking uh, of Jeff. Thatcher yeah. Deco and Uko Peko Luka Dakin. <laughs> I can't remember what his name is. <laughs> it's the goalie prospect for Buffalo, but he's supposed to be sick. <laughs> there was something about a duck in there, though. Yeah. 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 Oh, sleepy's Duncan. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Skinner got paid. And mm. how do you guys feel about that contract? Um, I think it's screwed. I, it's it's going to be one of those things. I immediately thought of Marner. I feel like it was an inevitable thing. He was going to end up getting a ridiculous contract. I know he was going to get paid. I don't like how much he got paid. No, like and I don't get that much money, but I don't think that contract is going to be worth all of that. No, I don't think it's going to end up working out as well as they're expecting it to. He might have a couple of decent years. I don't think he's ever going to have anything like he did last year. I really no. don't. Forty goals, twenty-three assists. Yeah. I mean, he's had a couple thirty-goal seasons, but four times. I just don't see it. I don't. I don't know what it is. I don't think Eichel should be making it as much as he is. I don't think he's as great as Ooh, everybody's I'm, saying. I'm, he I'm is. All aboard the Eichel train. Fuck you. I know you are, and I am not. <laughs> I, I kind of disagree with you on that, Noli. I mean, we really haven't been able to see Jack Eichel at his fullest potential. I think last year was kind of the first year that we've been able to see that. He's been hurt a lot. Um, Why should you pay him then? 
Well, because he's going to end up being a superstar. Eichel, you're the guy that you're building. Yeah, Eichel, you're definitely paying for potential. Where Skinner, you're paying for what he's done. You're paying for hopefully he keep doing what he did for one season. Right. Exactly. I don't know. I mean, I get Buffalo. Like, you need to pay overpay some people. Yeah. Especially if he's your captain and everything like that. I I just I don't see it. I think he's like a bit of a selfish player. I just I don't know. Who's Skinner or Eichel? Eichel. Eichel. Mm. Well, he doesn't really have anybody around him. Because he didn't like him. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Allegedly. He's also a a younger player, too. So, I mean, he's kind of got to find his his groove in the league as well. Um, With Skinner, Skinner, though, the first thing that I really thought of was the fact that he really doesn't stay healthy all that often. I feel like he gets injured quite a lot. Oh, so you're getting... I want to tell you how wrong you are. <laughs> Am I actually very wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That lasted a while. That was about um, it. So here, here's what it is. So he had 82 games this year. He had 82 games last year. He had 79 games the year before that. He had 82 games the year before that. He had 77 games the year before that. <laughs> he had 71 games the year before that. And the lockout shortened season, which was what 48 games. He had 42. 42- so his second year, he had 64, but his rookie season, he had 82. I think his second year is when he got that concussion, too. Um, yeah, and, like, I think part of the reason, too, is, like, you think that he gets hurt because he's kind of non-existent in some of these seasons? <laughs> that might have been it, honestly. It's weird. So his rookie season, he, he won the Calder. He's a big 30-for-30 30 30 guy that year. He was a 31-32. and 32. <laughs> <laughs> um then then he scored 20 and 24 so he went down a lot. Uh, 20 for 20. Nice. Yeah, he, yeah, he regressed and then he went 10 for 10 in the in the lockout short season. He was 13 and 11. Um but after that year he went back up to 33 goals. The next year he went down to 18. And it's just like it's kind of been like awkwardly in different places. But I don't know. He's at least in the last like four years, like the lowest amount he's had is 24. But he got 40 with Michael, mm-hmm. and that's the most he's ever had. Yeah. And I mean, the whole team tailed off at the end of the year. So, I mean, who knows? He could have hit 50 if they would have stayed hot. But I don't know. Yeah. No, they were they the only time that the Tampa Bay Lightning weren't in first the entire or like for. Like when they established first place was when Buffalo took fucking first place. Yeah. When they were on that streak. Yeah. And then, and like, then they shat the bed, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I mean, I guess time will tell. Yeah. All the contracts are. We'll see. Well, this kind of leads into overall in the entire NHL season. What was for you guys, the biggest surprise of the year and what was your biggest disappointment on the season? Um, Playoffs. Overall, whole thing. Because honestly, I can't remember past the first round. I don't remember the record. It's literally been the longest season, I feel like. It has. Um, I I don't know. I guess the whole Blues thing was pretty surprising, going from first to like – or going from last in the NHL to like fucking making the playoffs and winning it all—that's crazy yeah. shit. 
I mean, yeah, that's got to be everybody's number one. But I think um, how many guys actually hit 100 points this year? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that was a huge surprise. Nope. I mean, five or six. Yeah. I, I mean, the past couple of years, maybe you get one, maybe the top guy will get it. I mean, what, Jamie Ben had like 80 something points the year he won it? Yeah, that was a few years ago. There yeah, was like uh, there was six players with 100 plus points. Yeah. So, and I mean, that ain't just the points and, are going up. Ooh, so what was it? I think we talked about this before. There was 25 players with a point per game this year. Wow. Yeah. That's Phil Castle was the last one on that list. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's just Tied I think one of the biggest surprises for me, seeing that many guys get 100 points. And how many goal scorers had at least 40? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, also, they, they I guess they, sh- they made the goalie pads smaller. Like in the chest area, and yeah. like that really helped out. But what's crazy too is like you got to see like the more skilled goalies are still having like eight shutouts a season. It's just like the less skilled goalies were just getting lit the fuck up more. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. What about a disappointment? No. Well, what about you guys? Like the biggest. Surprises? What's that? What's yours? Which surprise or disappointment? I think surprise is because I was kind of listening back to the season preview episodes and all listen looking at all the teams we said that were going to be bubbles this year. I mean, first off, we were pretty fucking spot on with that, but just seeing how fucking close some of these teams that have not been contenders and have just been like the laughing stock of the league, how close they truly are to being playoff teams. Like Arizona, four points out of the playoffs. Then you got Montreal. games lost this year. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Montreal puts up 96 points when they were supposed to be fucking nothing this year. Florida, um, 86 points. Um, There's like nobody talked about them, and now they're bringing in fucking Q, and they have money to go do damage in free agency. I just think it's just the best thing about this season is just the power change that's being set up. I think it's going to be so awesome to see more of these teams in contention. It is nice yeah. to see teams make the playoffs and new teams make runs for the champion. It is nice to see that. I mean, hell, you got back-to-back first-time-ever champions. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and the Blackhawks, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I think that's kind of my biggest surprise, too, is the fact that uh, you know the four wildcard teams – in the first round mm-hmm. ended up making it to the second round, something that's never, ever happened before. And I mean, the biggest surprise out of that is obviously Columbus taking down Tampa Bay and in four straight. So um, I think the biggest disappointment for me um, was probably just the, uh, the, just the poor refing uh, in just the worst times, you know, uh, I, I feel like that really kind of put a damper on a lot of, you know, what happened this postseason, it became a bigger storyline than some of the things that probably should have actually been the storylines. Yeah. I also just wanted to point out a really big surprise for me was also Elias Patterson, just how filthy he fucking was. Holy and shit. how hard he can shoot, even though he's like, like that kid not was even like, for like the first like three months, like straight. Yeah. Holy shit. But yeah, I just mm-hmm. want to point that out. But fuck. <laughs> yeah. What about disappointments for you guys? Um, that... I'm disappointed that the Blues didn't stay in last place. <laughs> <laughs> True, accurate. 
I'm, I'm uh, disappointed that the Blues and the Bruins made it to the fucking finals. So I've been thinking, is this so? I really, 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 really want to blame the Blue Jackets for the Blues winning the Stanley Cup because yeah. if they did not sweep the Tampa Bay Lightning, Tampa Bay Lightning probably beat the Bruins. We don't get that stupid fucking final between the Blues and the Bruins. You probably get the Lightning in there. Or even if the Lightning lose, they probably still take out the Bruins second round. So mm-hmm. I'm blaming the Blue Jackets and the Lightning <laughs> on this final and the, the way this year ended. You're putting it all on Carolina to beat the Blues. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Lightning. Curtis uh, Fuck, how do we forget about the – how come none of us mentioned fucking Carolina as a big surprise? That's true. Yeah, a bunch of uh, jerks and or like honestly, I could see a wow. big surprise was like none of the like or all the seven and eight seeds made it to the second round. Like the fuck was that? <laughs> well, he just said. The yeah, he just cards. said that. Oh well. See. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> My biggest uh, disappointment is that we did not get to see Pote's having to buy Noli a jersey. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wanted it. Um I don't know. I I guess there's disappointing in teams like Tampa, I'm disappointed in. Yep. That they got swept because I think that's a great team. And like I'm not like I love that they got swept and Columbus was awesome. That was a great series to watch. Mm-hmm. But it was disappointing that they were one of tie with the best record team of all time and they got knocked out they even win a playoff game um going back to buffalo going on a 10 game win streak and not making the playoffs being above tampa bay literally like tanner said being the only team to be above tampa bay in the regular season and you don't make the playoffs like that's disappointing um i was gonna say what's actually pretty funny about the 10 game win streak thing is that uh philly did it like two years ago 10 game win streak didn't make the playoffs Next season, 10-game lose streak made the playoffs. <laughs> so, Buffalo, just get that 10-game lose streak and make the playoffs. Um, and we'll lose to the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round. Um, but, obviously, biggest disappointment, game seven, round one. <laughs> Makes Gotta sense. Be. Makes sense. Pots. So, taking a look at the odds for the Stanley Cup in 2020. Even though they got swept in the first round, Tampa Bay still has the best odds at 8-1. to one. Uh, Boston's right behind them at 9-1. to one. Same with Vegas. Uh, the Leafs are in fourth at 10-1. Uh, oh, the ad- biggest disappointment, Vegas <laughs> not getting past uh, San Jose. Bullshit. Final answer? Yeah. Big Final answer. Because then okay. Vegas against St. Louis, I think, is – Completely different than Vegas versus San Jose. I agree with that. Or, um, St. Louis versus uh, San Jose. Big yeah. time. Big difference. Vegas should have won that game. Yeah. Uh, Colorado and St. Louis uh, are both 12-1 to odds. The Sharks are 16-1. to Same with Washington uh, and Winnipeg. And then Calgary is at 18-1. to I'm not going to go through all of them because that's going to take forever. Huts. But the Hawks are at 33-1. to uh, meanwhile, in last place are the Ottawa Senators at 100 to 1 odds. So, it used to be Ottawa. Put your bets in. Um, at least Ottawa has that fourth overall. I mean, maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, never mind. Um, <laughs> at least they have Matt Duchesne. Oh, 
Fuck. Yeah. Good thing Mark Stone resigned. Oh, uh, uh, oh, oh, Eric. Car- um, nope. Um, at least Mike Hoffman's gone. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Shabbat. They got Shabbat. That's the one. Oh, Tao Shabbat. What a surprise. There we go. Yeah. Big surprise. That guy's fucking sick. He's going to be a Norris Trophy winner. Uh, Brady, Brady Kachuk is going to end up winning the uh, the Art Ross next year. Lady oh. Bing. Go get the Salky. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lady Bing. Speaking of awards. No. No, 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 no. Oh, um, Leafs at 10 to 1, not a bad pick. I mean, no, it's really not, honestly. You just saying 10 to 1. And it's the first year of the bet, so you know that they're going to actually do it to fuck me. <laughs> do you think it goes up? If they resign Marner, or are they already considering them resigning Marner, or do you think it goes like if they don't resign Marner, it's at ten to one? Or no, I, I think it's question. I think it's if they don't. I think I think it's like literally right and right now as the team stands at this point in time. Yeah. Okay, then I would. I mean, if they resign Marner, then like I think that would goes up, right? Like they would be like one of those. Like, yeah. Really good fucking team. Still, you get another mm-hmm. season with fucking Marner. That's. Filthy. He came out nasty this year. So go get your bet in now, Noli. Get him a ten to one before. Yeah, I don't have ten dollars. <laughs> so. Gotcha. I'll 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 give you ten bucks, bud. Yeah. Wonder what the odds are for the Hawks making the playoffs. Because I, I don't take, know. I ta- I would take those though. Yeah. I would hundred percent take the Hawks making the playoffs. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Tanner, why don't you hit us with the uh, with the awards and uh, the stats? Okay. Let's spend about uh, twenty minutes doing a uh, an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, let's um, let's just do the time. Let's just stick with the the big ones. Okay, that's fine. So, uh, you know, big guy, Hart Memorial. We got the Cindy Crosby, Connor McDavid, Nikita Kucherov, and. If we're going to go into, like, stats, because, you know, the heart is just, like, MVP. Um, well, Crosby ended with 100 points. He had 35 goals, 65 assists. McDavid, 116 points, because he's just fucking filthy. With uh, 41 goals, 75 assists. And then Nikita Kudrov, just finishing with the same points as his team, 128 points. 41 goals, 87 assists. Uh, I think oh. it goes without saying that Kucherov's gonna fucking win it. Yeah. It's just ridiculous, especially with the way that I mean the scoring's been going up. But like, it's really awesome to see somebody hit almost 130 again for the first time in like I don't know over 10 years. So here's the thing: it's most valuable player, and I think looking at that list, McDavid is the most valuable player to his team. Very true. I can but, see that. Because, I mean, he they didn't make the playoffs again. He had over 100 points again. Like, he, like well, without them, without him, they are nothing. Literally nothing. Dryside but, also had over 100 points, too. Yeah. But, he had 105, and they still didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, he had 200-point guys. It's <laughs> unbelievable. But, no, I, I agree. It's got to be Kucherov. I mean, what a year. Like, you have to go through him. Yeah, but, I think so. All right. And it's Basically, crazy that it's with Art Ross. Kucherov's a second-round pick, and then Crosby and McDavid are both first overall. 
True, true. Matt's yeah. fucking sick. And he's Russian. Yeah. Yeah, and they're both Canadian. That's true. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Are we all going Kucherov? Yeah, Kucherov yeah, across the so. board. I think coaches, yeah. Um, okay, well, let's move on. Norris Trophy. This one will be, I mean, it's always, like, weird. Uh, Victor Hedman, Mark Giordano, Brent Burns. Uh, Hedman had 12 goals, 42 assists for 54 points. Mark Giordano, 17 goals, 57 assists for 74 points. And Brent Burns had 16 goals, 67 assists for 83 points. Now, I've been hearing a lot of people have been saying Giordano. I want Giordano, to be quite I, honest with I you. Think I it, think that would be a really cool story. So I think yeah. Giordano would be, a, would be a good pick just because, I mean – that what a great season leading he's helped he helped lead fucking the flames to their first overall like status along with you know fucking like Goudreau, Monahan, Kachuk. Like they all had fantastic seasons and did it the entire year. Like that was awesome. And yeah. then Victor Hedman's in there because like Tampa Bay is filthy and he's like a cornerstone defenseman. And then Brent Burns is in there because like San Jose, like like did fucking great again, but like I also think like it helps to have, I mean, another Norris Trophy caliber player in in Carlson. So like I don't. That's why I think like the stats don't really talk as much as like the way that like how they've led their team or like led as a true like defenseman should lead a team. So the thing is, it's basically come down to whoever has the most points, which is ridiculous. Um, not always. That's why it's kind of like weird. Most, it, it's most of the time. time. That's what it's come down to. And if they want to do that, fine. Make a different trophy. We've talked about that. But, okay. um, I mean, yeah, I agree that Carlson was there, but he also missed a lot of the season for he Burns. Did. And I, he would put up yeah. that many points with or without Carlson over there. And he didn't play with Carlson much. But I would have to go with Giordano just because I – think he deserves it like a hundred percent like you were saying like he's their guy like a hundred percent he's their guy yeah i think uh i think march o'donnell is probably going to end up being my pick i mean he um he's he really is the the go-to guy out in calgary for pretty much everything he's their captain he's their their leader uh and to be able to put up 74 points and be one of the main reasons that that team has such a huge turnaround year. I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that's a, a better story than Victor Hedman, who is already on a pretty great team. Uh, Brett Burns, who is always putting up those kinds of points because he's a forward playing defense. <laughs> yep. Not wrong. Was it Drew, Drew Doughty that said uh, it's kind of a shame that Brent Burns is in the talk when you see him get beat four or five times a game, but <laughs> yeah. as, as long as he gets an assist, then it's like, oh man, yeah, Norris Trophy. <laughs> yeah, yep. And Giordano can do it on both ends, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm Gio. Nice Tanner um, doesn't do that because we've talked about how great Victor Hedman is, but Giordano ended up putting up more points than Hedman. Look at what team Hedman was on. I want a stamp this one. Bam. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> uh, don't mind so me. I'm doing dumb shit on my computer. Um, uh, next, we're going to move on to the Selkie Trophy. Uh, 
It's the best defensive forward. I mean, it's basically become the Bergeron trophy, but you know, this year is, it could be different. Uh, yeah. Mark stone who had a, uh, 33 goals, 40 assists, 73 points. I also want to point out penalty minutes for this one because, like, you can't be, like, a great defensive player if you're always in the box. He only had 27 pins this whole this year. Like, these guys are guys – these are penalty killers, too. So, like, these guys cannot be taking penalties. Uh, classic Patrice Bergeron, um, 32 goals, 47 assists, 79 points. For, and he also had 30 penalty minutes. And Ryan O'Reilly, the fucking Con Smythe man himself, 28 goals, 39 assists for 77 points, only 12 penalty minutes. People also have to remember, though, that these awards are, I, I don't know if they're determined before, but they do not include playoffs. They're determined before. Yeah. So, so um, everybody already. But um, I really think this year, it's the year Bergeron. I put Bergeron third this year out of those three, honestly. Like mm-hmm. um I'm thinking I'm thinking Ryan O'Reilly, it's his year. He had a great year. Fucking he led that blues team, like I said, like we talked about earlier. He led that team when the team was garbage. Like and taking only twelve penalty minutes when they were in last place halfway through the season, like he only had twelve pens the whole year. Like that's unreal. Um I yeah, I think it's O'Reilly. Can't yeah. over you can't overlook Mark Stone in this though because he started no, this. No, they said I think Bergeron's third. Yeah. So I think it's either O'Reilly or Stone's this year. It's a I, close one-two between those two. Yeah, take a look at Stone. I mean, he started out on a team that was just horrendous, terrible, and he ended up getting traded mid-season to the Vegas Gold Knights, who are a better-than-average team. And he took them to an extremely good hockey team. He very, very clearly took that team to a whole new level. So I think that's a that's something to kind of think about as well uh, uh, with Mark Stone. I think one of the cool things is uh, um, Mark Stone's one of the first defensemen, or I don't know about one of the first, but like he could possibly be one of the first defensemen since two thousand three. To or not defensemen, sorry, defensive like forward winners since 2003 to win it as a winger instead of a center. Wow. The last the last wow. winger it was uh, Yuri Lennon, and it's all been centers since then. That is crazy. And like, one of the sad things is like I think Hosa was always like kind of like in the hunt because he's such a fucking great two way player, and so it's kind of cool like. I like Mar- I mean watching Mark Stone when you can watch Mark Stone, uh he makes fucking defensive plays look so effortless. But like so does Patrice Bergeron. And then I mean Ryan O'Reilly, he doesn't really make it look effortless because he's always going so hard that it's like th- there's no like, other teams just don't have a chance like even create offense because he's already on their ass like that. And then he's like, I got my hawk now. Like when everybody else is just like, oh, stick lift, that's mine now. Like it's it's weird the way that they play it kind of di- like differently in almost a sense. Yeah. So who are you going with, Tanner? I want to go with Mark Stone just because I'm a big uh, Mark Stone fan right now. Poets. I'm gonna do the same. And uh, you guys are going with O'Reilly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, 
But yeah, honestly, like after this season, after these playoffs, everything, Stone and O'Reilly, like I've always liked O'Reilly. I never watched too much of Mark Stone, but actually being able to see him, like those are turning into two of my favorite guys in the league. They're both so good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Calder Trophy. Calder. Um, the Calder Trophy is going to be between Elias Pettersson, uh, Rasmus Dahlin, and Jordan Bennington. Um, so Rasmus Dahlin had nine goals, 45 assists for 44 points. Pettersson, 28 goals, 38 assists for 66 points. And then Bennington, um, he had tw- went 24 and 5. A little 1.89. He had a 9.27 save percentage, and then he also had five shutouts. I thought that was going to be five pims. Like, no, what? no, no. I, I, that that category, I put yeah. pims and shutouts. Um, so the one thing that I have an issue with this one is like, Bennington only played 30 games. Yeah, yeah. He played great. Played fantastic. Um, I think Miro Heskinen or Heskinen, yeah, Heskinen. Heiskinen? Heiskinen. He uh, he probably deserved it a little bit more. Like, Bennington had a crazy, insane performance, but he only played half a season. Um, Like, I mean, he finished the season fantastically, you know, Stanley Cup. But, right. like, I would just like to see, like, more stats from that. I mean, his yeah. first game, he got a shutout, which was pretty fantastic. But Elias Patrick uh, unreal. Did that happen to McDavid his rookie year? He missed like half the year with his collarbone. You're still in for the Calder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah but he lost. Yeah, that's right. And mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like this is the same situation where he just didn't play enough. Like, yeah, he was great and everything he did was great, but <laughs> Elias Patterson still missed a decent amount of hockey this year, and he was close to a point per game guy. And he's fucking. He was unreal. He he's basically the reason that Vancouver like won any games like his stats or yeah. um what was it uh Besser stats when hit when elias Pettersson was in the lineup skyrocketed for compared to oh, when yeah. he was out of the lineup like it was unbelievable there he makes everybody on that team so much better it's i for me it's gotta be Pettersson. oh 100 gonna be Pettersson. like Pettersson only he missed 11 games but like you said he was almost a point per game player as a rookie on a team that's almost like last in the fucking league yeah. like that's fucking insane like you that just shows how fucking good he is too and i i just in i'm so like astounded by how like small stature he is like i don't know how tall he is but he's like so skinny and he just fires the shit out of the puck and fly and he's just sick (laughs) his helmet looks so big on him it looks like a bobblehead i know (laughs) But yeah, I mean Rasmus Dahlin or Dahlin fucking he had a great season too. You know, like I didn't really get to see much of Buffalo, but like having forty four points as a rookie and Defense. like, defenseman, uh, yeah. As a defenseman too, you know, like yeah. It's a lot of pressure, especially being the first overall pick and being like the next Eric Carlson. Like, I don't know. I would like to see more of him, but the games I did like watch, I was like, I didn't really kind of notice him at all, but I don't know if it's just like, he's kind of a, a low key sneaky guy. Like he did yeah. his stuff quietly. It's like, like, I would see some highlights and it's like, Oh, okay, cool. Like he would like sneak into a play back door or something like that. And it's like, Oh yeah. That, like He's got the speed. He's got the, he's got like the offensive awareness and everything. 
He's, he's a good, he's a good <laughs> player, but I think Patterson just absolutely annihilated this one. Pokes. Yep. Pokes. I think so. All right. All right. Uh, Ted Lindsay. So. Yep. Now, let's just Ted. get this. That's basically the heart, right? It's just this one's voted no, on the it, players. It's voted on by the players. I think yeah, it's gonna... so it, it's the MVP as voted on it by your peers. Yeah, it's going to be off. I think it's Kucherov regardless. Oh, the, the the choices are Kaner, Kucherov, and McDavid. I think if it's voted on by the, your peers, I think McDavid's going to probably win. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I think... Everybody's going to look at it as, like, McDavid's fucking filthy. Like, of course he's going to be the MVP. Like, that was disgusting. Like, Kucherov gets to play with fucking Stamkos and, like... um. Point. Yeah, Braden Point and shit like that. Like they were all like, Braden Point and fucking Stamkos. I swear, were like point per game players as well, at least. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's somewhere on here. There's I'm the, gonna say McDavid. Uh, point. Fucking Stamkos, 98. Kucherov, 128. Like yeah. that's that's fucking crazy. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah, I'm gonna say McDavid on that one though. Yeah, Nolly. I'm sticking to Cooch. I'll just say Kane to be different. I'm tired of us all basically picking the same. What? I'm taking Kane. I'm just tired of all of us being the same. Same, same. But oh, yeah. different. Um. The irrelevant award. Lady Bing. Oh, I skipped ahead. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Um, Lady Bing Trophy. Uh, the nicest player. <laughs> the, just the most gentlemanly player. Um, Alexander Barkov, Sean Monahan, Ryan O'Reilly. It kind of just goes towards the players that uh, take the least amount of penalties. So yeah. Barkov had eight minutes of penalties. Monahan had 12. Riley had 12. I think Barkov didn't take a penalty for like forty games or something. Yeah, like. it was something crazy. And then, and then he had a tripping penalty when they, when he just held his stick out, and then he actually let go of his stick and like a fucking and like because it would like hit it, it like tapped the player's yeah. skin. He let go of his stick, and then the player just like fucking stumbled through it. And yeah. I was like, oh my god, that's hilarious. But I mean, yeah, I think I'll go Barkov on this one just because eight pims is it's actually really hard to do. Fucking crazy. There's players that get eight pims a game. Yeah. yeah. Not a game, but like in a game. Like Vander Kane had forty something in one game. That was awesome. Houston <laughs> <laughs> fantasy. Um yeah, I mean it's it's gotta be Barkov. And he had ninety six points. Yeah, like, that's what on. I was I was gonna say. Like, yeah. look at those fucking numbers. Yeah, bud. He's he's sick. Oh my god, what was it? And everybody thought they were that like Florida was dumb for taking Barkov ahead of like Seth Jones and Jonathan Druin. Fuck you. That guy is so nasty. Is it Barkov across the board? Yeah. I mean, Monaghan and O'Reilly, great seasons, but uh, I mean, take maybe like 33% off those Pims, bud, because uh, <laughs> that's what Barkov's done. Um, okay, moving on. Vesna. So. You know, classic Vesna Trophy like finalists. Uh, we got Henrik Lundqvist, Carey Price, Jonathan Quick, 
Uh, just kidding. We got Ben Bishop, Robin Lehner, and Andre Vasilevsky. Um, and it's actually kind of funny with the amount of time that like two of these goalies missed, and then one yeah. only played like half the time. But Bishop went twenty-seven and fifteen. He had a one point nine eight and a nine three four save percentage. That's pretty sick. Um, you know, help the Dallas Stars make it to the playoffs. Not a big deal. Um, Robin Lehner uh, went twenty-five and thirteen, had a two point one three and a nine or a point nine three zero, and then Vasilevsky went thirty-nine and ten with a two four zero and a point nine two five. Uh, oh yeah, Bishop had seven shut- shutouts, and Lehner and Vasilevsky each had six as well. I, th- I think it's gonna be honestly Vasilevsky, but I hate that just because. It's kind of expected to him to put up those numbers with the team that is in front of him. Where look at like yeah, can you imagine if Ben Bishop was on a team like that? <laughs> I mean, like look at what I was like, yeah, man. Could you imagine if Ben Bishop was on? Oh, yeah, they'd still lose in the Stanley Cup final. It's not. A... But it's well, like they look they at lost the... the Stanley Cup final because Vasilevsky played. No, he didn't. Bishop played, but he only played half of. Oh, Ben Bishop never got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets, I'll tell you that. Truth. Did he ever play the Columbus Blue Jackets, though? What's his record against the Columbus Blue Jackets? Uh, I need these stats. No. Um, I think overall, um, I I, I think that Andre Vasilevsky is probably the most – talented goaltender in the league just based off of the way that he plays and some of the saves that he makes uh he's just he's a smart goalie uh he uses his size to his advantage um i don't know i just i I really love the way that he that he plays the game i think he is the one of the best goaltenders in the league right now but if we're gonna go based off of stats uh i mean you can't really overlook ben bishop rocking and under two goals against you know, I mean, that's, that's that's just crazy. That's pretty incredible over an entire season. Well, he only you played forty six games. Yeah, exactly. And Vasilevsky actually played fifty three. The the days of goalies playing sixty plus games a year are long gone. Oh, you know, forty six is as yeah. as you see, Mark Andre Fleury played sixty one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you're still going to see that. I mean, Dubnik yeah. played 67. Uh, but I mean, I, I think it, it it should probably end up going to Ben Bishop this year. Well, the the only thing that I like, I don't know. It, this just seems weird to me. Is like, I thought that Vasilevsky missed so much more time, but he played more games than Bishop and Laner. Yeah, he had more saves, <laughs> like by a, like a good amount, like. He was only like point oh fucking point oh oh nine save percentage less. Like I don't know. Like I could see it just going to Vasilevsky because that's the that yeah. and he has the assists. Like, come on. <laughs> probably gonna go to Vasilevsky, but you know, it'd be cool if it ended up going to Bishop. So who are you taking, yeah. Potes? Vasilevsky. I would love to see it go to Robin Leonard. Yes. What a story it would be. Yeah. But yeah. No, I mean, uh, yeah, Laner, like, what, what, a, like, if there was, like, in the NBA, how they, like, I don't know, is it the NBA 
I don't. Is there like a comeback player of the year award at all for like any sport? I thought NBA baseball. Had I think NBA has a improved player of the year. Baseball, I think, has comeback player won that and the MVP in one season. Um, but MLB comeback player of the year. Yeah, if they had a comeback player of the year, I think by far Robin Lehner. Fucking 100%. holy shit! Um, but honestly, like with the stats and like, I mean, it's a similar amount a num- number of games. I think Ben Bishop's a fucking a good call for Vesna. Yeah. I mean, less games, one more shutout, better save percentage, better fucking goals against average. Like, I don't know. He helped them. Like I said, he helped them to a playoff berth. He took them to the second round. So did sure. uh, while he was uh, not playing. He helped them out a lot. So Yeah. I didn't say he didn't. Uh, I'm going Veselovsky. But the thing with like that too is like, what was their backup goalie? Um, Louis uh, Deming. Louis Deming and Louis Deming was winning games with them. Like, wasn't making any crazy saves or anything like that. Like he lost them some games too. Like, yes, he did. It's good to have Vasilevsky because he's a solid goalie. He's very fucking good. But like, they do have a good team. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah, Louis think- went twenty-one and five as well. Like, holy yeah. shit! Yeah, as a backup. Yeah, his stats are still good. Vasilevsky. I mean, I think you just—that's just how it's going to be. Like, that's just yeah. like really yeah. how it is. Also, Q Dobin only went sixteen and seventeen, so he didn't really help them as much as. Yeah, but look at the the save percentage and goals against nine twenty-three save percentage and a two fifty-seven goals against. You really can't ask too much more out of a, a quote-unquote backup. That's yep. true. That's very true. Like, especially the, well, you're the team that got out by like their owner, like partway through the season. Yeah, I know. I mean that like maybe that lit a fire under their ass. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Might see a lot more of that next year. Never know. Um. Okay. Yeah, I'm going Bishop. Oh, you're going Bishop? Yeah. I'm going with the Bish. I. Moving on, I guess. Uh, I so. think we're going to call it. Yeah, let's just stop it there. All right. I mean, we could just say the awards and then just say who we're going to choose if you want. Yeah, that's that's fine. As long as we probably should do it quick. Wrap, yeah. we're running. Wrap this up. Bill Masterton, which is dedication to hockey. There's Nick Foligno, Robin Lehner, and uh, Joe Thornton. Lehner. <laughs> yeah, I goes to Robin Leonard just to, because of after everything that he went through. Um, King Clancy, I can't remember. I think it's if that's leadership or it's dedication outside. Of that's like the charity one, I think. Charitable one, right? Yeah. And it's Ekman, Larson, Lungfist, and Zucker. I don't really know what they've done. I didn't really look into it. I think Zucker has like a huge thing he does. I remember him on Chicklets talking about it. I don't know about the other two, though. So I'm just going to say Zucker because of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, let's just do the coach of the year and GM of the year. So, Jack Adams, coach of the year. Craig Berube, John Cooper, Barry Trotz. Berube. I think it was going to go Berube anyway. I would go Barry Trotz. <laughs> um, yeah, that one's hard because, I mean, obviously, Trotz took a team that shouldn't have been, made the playoffs to to the playoffs. John Cooper coached one of the winningest teams of all time, and then Bay turned a team completely around. So, I mean, I don't know where this one's going. 
I'm going to say yeah. Cooper because. You're saying We're not Cooper? talking about it. We're just making choices. <laughs> I'm saying Cooper, and I okay. made my choice. You're talking about it. Okay. And GM. Uh, GM could be Doug Armstrong, Don Sweeney, and Don Waddle or Waddell. Armstrong is for St. Louis. Sweeney's for Boston. Waddell is for Carolina. Armstrong. Armstrong. Waddell. Armstrong. Okay, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Done with that. That's, that was a long one. That was a long one. Well, fellas, that uh, that will wrap it up for uh, for this episode and the, the 2018-2019 NHL season. So Silly season time. It was a long one. And uh, get ready I- to do it all in a few months. Oh, I can't wait for the draft. Yeah. Draft and trades. Let's go. Let's go. Silly season. Free agency. On hockey. Yeah. Oh, three draft. Okay. About to get crazy, baby. 15, 2015 draft. Uh, All right. Traffic, yeah, right. Tell me about some drafts. All right. Peace out, fellas. This was episode 62 of the Luke Johnson. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Okay. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Follow the boys on Twitter at WCB Podcast, on Instagram at WCB Podcast, and like them on Facebook, the Windy City Benders Podcast.